Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shit. Spiritual Warriors, happy hump day. Uh, Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. I just wanted to give you something today that will help you get over the hump. Um, So today we're going to talk about faith. Um, And the title of today's episode is Don't Trip. So I wanted to talk about faith today because I feel like faith is the foundation for everything that we will do as believers. We have to have faith to even believe in the God that we serve, to believe that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again to give us eternal life, to believe that God is working all things in our favor, and to believe that we have God-given power and authority and can walk in it. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When on our faith walk, there are certain traps and snares that the enemy sets that will cause us to trip and cause our faith to fall or waver. The enemy knows our weaknesses and he will use them against us every single time. So today I want to talk about seven keys to operating in strong, unwavering faith. It doesn't mean that you will never fall off the wagon, but if you take the time to use these keys, You will be able to get up from that fall, dust yourself off, laugh at the effort of the enemy, and keep walking forward into your destiny. But before we do that, let's take a moment to recalibrate our thoughts about faith. Let me challenge your thinking for a moment. I often hear people talking about radical faith. I've even had several people tell me that I operate in radical faith. And so the more that I studied about faith, the more that I've gotten revelation about faith and and operating in my faith journey, the more I started to think about this. And I was like, where in the Bible does it say anything about radical faith? You don't see that written in the Bible anywhere. Man has put a title on moving in extreme measures of faith and calling it radical. But the Bible, if you look at every single person who's ever moved in faith in the Bible, it's just called faith. That is the faith that God is calling us to walk in. It's a normalized thing in the Bible. It's the faith that God has already given us the power to walk in, but we have told ourselves that that is radical and is too far-fetched for us. However, It's just faith according to God's word. So I want to recalibrate your thinking into helping you to understand that you can move in a supernatural level of faith that is far beyond what the practical mind can understand. We all have a measure of faith, but our measure can be increased by the testing of our faith. So don't be discouraged by your storms. It's just God's way of testing to see if he can trust you with the increase that he wants to bless you with. And this is why faith is the currency of heaven. 
Faith is what you must present to God in order for God to respond to your request. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So there, the word is even telling us that our faith is tested by trial and by fire in order to prove ourselves to God. So now that we've covered the basics of faith, I want to go ahead and delve into these seven keys to operating in a greater measure of faith. The first key is seek God's face. Establish a close personal relationship with God through daily regimen of prayer, worship, studying the word, and communing with God. This will help you keep grounded and unmoved during your faith walk. These are the weapons that you should immediately resort to in moments of doubt or in attacks of the enemy. Just as 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. As we seek the face of God, he gives us additional wisdom in how to move and operate in our faith in stronger ways and also how to um, avoid the attacks of the enemy. And so I want to just address this um, because I hear so many people say, oh, I'm so busy. You know, I don't have time to spend time with God. Sometimes I don't have time to pray. Sometimes I don't have time to read my Bible. And I understand, you know, um, the busy lives that we lead. Um, But God is never too busy to bless us. God is never too busy to protect us. God is never too busy to wake us up and provide for us. So we have to make it a priority to spend time with God and give God what he is due because he doesn't go to sleep on us. He's never too busy for us. Um, And sometimes I think we have to just take a look at the time that we spend on things. Like I found that one of my best prayer times is in the shower. Or maybe in the car when I'm driving, I'll do worship or I'll have a prayer moment, you know. Um, And so it's important that we can find time to squeeze in what we want to squeeze in when we make it a priority. We just have to make God a priority in our lives, just like we make everything else a priority. Key number two is seek God's will for your life. Because we can speak and declare things all day that we want to see in our life. But if they are not in God's will, they will not manifest for us. And I think that this is something that um, Christians often get tripped up on because they say, oh, well, the Bible says, you know, if I speak it out, then it will be done. But you also have to speak what is the will of God for your life. And so it's important to first seek the will of God before you speak on 
what it is that you're declaring over your life because oftentimes this is something that will trip us up we'll say oh i spoke i declared it and god said i have the power to speak it but did you seek god for what his will was before you started speaking and are you now wavering in your faith because you're declaring something that god did not say was his will for your life so we look at first uh, John five fourteen through 15 and it says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we have asked of him so we just need to be careful about not allowing things like that to cause us to waver in our faith because we've spoken something that God did not say was his actual will for our life. This is why it's important to seek him and have relationship with him so that you understand and you know what the direction that God wants for your life is. And then you can speak that thing out and see it manifest for you. Key number three is understanding the heart and the character of God. And this also goes along with key number one, because you can't understand the heart and the character of God if you don't spend ample time with God. It's just like a relationship with a person where you can't understand them, their inner workings, how they think, um, unless you spend time with them. And not understanding the heart and the character of God will also trip you up and allow the enemy to creep in and make you believe that God is not working on your behalf. However, what we have to understand is that oftentimes, like I said before, our faith is being tried. God is allowing our faith to be tried. And so sometimes there is a process that we must go through in order to see God release things and in order for God to manifest things in our lives. Um, and so we have to embrace the process, understand that there's something greater at work than just the blessing or the growth um, that we've been praying for. And we have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Um, so Philippians 1, 5 and 6 say, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Second Peter 4, 12 through 13 says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So there is a glory to your story, but sometimes you have to go through a test or a trial in order to reach that glory. And understanding God's character and the fact that God truly does want to see you prosper. He does not want to see you suffer is very important in your faith walk. Because you need to remember that the enemy will creep in and try to tell you that God is punishing you. The enemy will try to creep in and try to tell you that God isn't doing it for you, but God is doing it for you. He's just trying to establish that trust and he's trying your faith to make sure that you're prepared for the next level of what he wants to release to you. Key number four is strengthen your faith. Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 24 says, And Jesus 
answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. The main key to strengthening your faith is recognizing your power. Recognizing that you have the power to speak to things, that you have the power and the authority to make things move and shift in your life. You have the power and the authority to make the enemy flee from you. But you first have to recognize that power in order to assume the power and make it work for you. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? This always helps me because the enemy enemy will paint this mirage to make us think that we're losing. But as soon as we recognize our power enough to stand up to him, then we see what's truly at work around us. And it's really that he's trying to paint the picture for us to make us believe that God is not working on our behalf. And I'm going to talk about power and authority a little bit more in depth in the next episode. But this is something that's extremely important in our faith walk. And I just want you guys to uh, be mindful and be prayerful about it. And just ask God to give you the wisdom and the strength, the confidence and the boldness to walk in your authority. Key number five, conquer fear. Fear. The false evidence about reality. Understand that your fight to conquer fear is spiritual warfare. The enemy plays tricks in our minds to abandon our faith and to focus on what the situation looks like in the earthly realm when God is showing us something different in the spirit. We need new eyes, the eyes of the spirit that will allow us to look beyond the facts. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, You may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it's very important that we guard ourselves up against fear because fear is what will cause us to stray away from what God is trying to get us to do. Fear will cause us to stray away from the path that God is trying to take us on and the enemy will love for us to take a detour 
and delay us from getting to our purpose, from getting to our blessings, from getting to our overflow. So it's important that we not allow fear to rule over us. Key number six, sow into the kingdom. This does not just include financial seeds. This also includes seeds of service and seeds of sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So we have to also take accountability for our faith and for our faith walk and understand that there's not just something that we're waiting for God to do. There's also something that God is requiring of us. And so we have to hold up our end of the bargain so that God can also hold up his end of the bargain. And when you put seeds in the ground, the seeds grow in order to reap a harvest for you. But the other thing to remember is that you want to put seeds in good ground. So if you remember the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, it says, Starting at the third verse, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So you also must be responsible for sowing your seed into good ground so that the seed will produce for you. Now let me say something practical about that. You may be sowing your seed into a church and your church is feeding your spirit. So you're receiving a harvest. Your harvest doesn't always have to be monetary. It doesn't always have to be material. Your spirit is receiving a harvest from the ground that you're sowing into. You may be getting more power you may be getting more gifts your spirit is being fed that also will allow you to produce more for your practical life so don't always think that you're sowing something in order to reap a material harvest sometimes your harvest is not material sometimes your harvest is spiritual and lastly key number seven but if not faith this is the faith that says, God, I trust you even if I do not see what you said. This is the faith that says, I have mental and spiritual resilience to deal with and still have faith even when it gets uncomfortable, even when I can't see the end of the road, even when I can't see anything manifesting. I have but if not faith, but if not God, I still trust you. But if not, God, I still see your hand at work. But if not, God, I still believe that you're working it out for me. And when you have but if not faith, what happens is you take the power away from the enemy. Because if his narrative is to tell you that God is not doing what he said he was going to do, and you have but if not faith, you can say, well, that's okay. I still trust him anyway. And the enemy can no longer use that as a snare to make your faith fail, to make your faith waver, or to make you fall.
So, but if not, faith is so important. We see one of the best examples of but if not faith in Daniel 3, 17 and 18. When we're talking about the three Hebrew boys that were thrown in the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So they're saying, no matter what happens, whether we burn in this fire, whether we don't burn in this fire, we believe that God is bringing us out. But if not, we still will not worship any other God. We're still going to remain faithful to our God. And that is the faith that we need to have. A faith that is fortified in our trust and our belief that God has our best interest at heart. And so these are the keys that I want you to use to build that faith and to fortify your faith against attacks, against unbelief, against doubt, against fear, so that you're able to stand and endure until you reach the end of your race, until you reach the end of your process. So be encouraged in the Lord that you have every tool that you need. You just need to employ the tools accordingly so that you can walk it out. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God. And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.